Welcome to the ministry of Barefoot Church. I'm Clay Neesmith, the pastor here at Barefoot Church. And man, we hope what you experience here today uh, will encourage you, motivate you, and inspire you in a great, great way. I want to talk to you today about the journey. Um, because really, we're all on a journey called life. And we're here to encourage and motivate one another on this journey. But where are we going? What are we doing? What is the vision for, for you and, and, and for me? You know, and it, and it seems like every time as a church, as a congregation, as a, as, um, a, a family, that when you start to try to move forward, that many, many times things kind of stand in the way and, and you got to kind of get past the obstacles, past the challenges, and keep on moving. And, and, and so I want to kind of talk today about dips and loops in life. Um, because we all have dips and we all have loops. But have you ever thought about God has a purpose for those dips and those loops that you experience in life? In other words, sometimes we hit dips, we hit bumps, and they kind of they slow us down a little bit. And other times we, we, take, we take loops and we kind of have to repeat a process over and over and over again in order to, to get to a, to a certain location. And again, next weekend here at Barefoot Church is Vision Weekend. We're launching Living the Vision, the fall series that we're going to do, and Lo and behold, you know, the moment we announce and send out mailers and spend all those resources on living the vision uh, uh, type materials and all those kind of things, there, there's something looping around out in the ocean right now and predict, uh, predicting to, to, to maybe hit in this region next uh, week. Um, but here's what I want to announce to you. That if it hits on Wednesday, we're going to still have church on Sunday, okay? And if it floods things out, we'll, we'll still figure out, you know what, how to come together as a people and, and really make a difference in the world. And God's going to do some amazing, amazing things. We may have to shift the weekend around a little bit, you know, but, but look. Don't lose sight of who God is in the midst of the storm. And just because, you know, we're going to hit a few dips and maybe make a few loops doesn't mean it's over. That song says we're going to see a victory. How many of you believe we're going to see a victory? Awesome. I do too. And I, I got discouraged because my friends in Florida have been praying that the hurricane don't hit them. And I'm like, why don't you turn it towards me? So, and again, we're going we're gonna to pray. You know, I, I've discovered God is God in the successes and God is God in the storm. Whether the storm hits or doesn't hit, he's still God. But what's interesting is, is you know, we, we can be praying that maybe that storm does turn away from Florida. It turns away from Georgia. It turns away from South Carolina. It just kind of goes back to sea. But dips and loops. I want to show you a map today. 
if they got that map, they're going to put it on the screens here, I think. And this is a map of, of the journey. The little black line is the journey of the Israelite people whenever they came out of, out of 400 years of slavery. Moses, the leader, led them out of, out of that slavery. And then he began to take them towards what God called the promised land, Canaan, which is a little north of, of Egypt. But if you notice on, on the map, it was, according to the research I've done, it was practically about an 11-day journey by foot to get from Egypt to Canaan. However, it took them approximately 40 years to enter into the land that God promised them whenever they left Egypt. And they had to make some dips and they had to make some loops. And, and so as you look at that map and you see the journey they took, it's interesting. Because the shortest distance between Egypt and Canaan is right up the coast of the Great Sea. So the question arises then, why did God take them on such a dip? And then why did they make so many loops in order to get in to the city? Because if the victory was in the city, if the promised land was flowing with all the provision they would ever need in order to bless the world, I don't know about you, but I would want to hurry up and get from bondage to the promise. But God has a plan. And you know, what's interesting is the Bible talks about us being rescued as people from sin, from slavery and bondage of missing the mark of God's glorious standard. What I've discovered is the moment a person believes in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus and they move from, from bondage to the new life in Christ Jesus, they don't automatically go to the abundant life in Christ Jesus. They, it's, it's, it's a journey. And God has to work some things into the person. And God has to work some things out of the person. And so if your journey seems to have a few dips on it, or it seems to have a few loops in it, then maybe God's at work and you just need to hang on to the victory and understand what the dips and the loops are all about 
and why they are there in your life because God is not about taking you on the shortcuts of life to get you from one place to the other. He's about getting something out of you and getting something in you so when you walk into the abundant life, you begin to carry it in such a way that it conquers all the things around you. Joshua was an amazing, amazing leader. But I need you to understand he had to go through some things in order to get to the amazing thing called the abundant life. See, whenever you look at the Bible and God brought these people out of bondage and out of slavery, it's a physical illustration of what he does in the human heart today in 2019, spiritually. And God wants us to look at that, that snapshot, that picture, that journey, and understand that he wants to do a, a work in our life. And, and, and he wants us to conquer some things with our life. But in order to do it, we have to submit our life to the authority of God and let him bring us out of the bondage that sin placed us in and bring us into the journey called the Christian life and take us to the land of abundance. And, and that's what really this promised land was. It wasn't a picture of heaven. It was a picture of what we refer to as the abundant life the life with all the provision that, that a human would ever need in order to, to do the journey. Now, here's the interesting thing. Jesus says, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He says, but I have come to give them life and give it to them abundantly. So Jesus came to not only set you free from the bondage of sin, he also came to, to fill you with the abundant life but in order to walk in the abundant life, there, there, there's a process that, that God has to work some things out and work some things in. And it feels like dips and it feels like loops. And, and, and so understand these people didn't leave bondage and slavery in Egypt and immediately get to the abundant life and walk in the fullness of everything that God says that they would have. So let's look at the story and see why the dips were there and why the loops were there. If you turn in your Bibles, first of all, the dips. Why would God not take them on a direct path? Why would he cause them to go down instead of going uh, upward, northward, northward to the land of Canaan? This is what the Bible says. Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 and 18. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land, God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to slavery, return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. That's the dip. 
So, so why did God cause the dip? It was simply because, you know what, they weren't equipped and, and they weren't prepared to deal with some of the things they would face along the journey. And God didn't want them to come out of, out of the gate and then be head, head on with an obstacle and then turn, turn tail and go back to Egypt and, and go back into bondage and go back into slavery. And, and so the dips are simply for this. The dips are to develop us and, and to the people that we need to be in order to fight the battles that are still ahead. Let me say that again. The dips are to develop us, to develop us into the people we need to be in order to fight the battles that are still out in front of us. Did you know that this life of faith is quite a battle? And what will happen along the journey is you'll meet some people sometimes that'll begin to maybe come against you and, and tell you that forward progress with being part of God's family is, is a dead-end street. And I don't know if that's, that's ever happened to you, but it has to me, and, and God doesn't automatically want you to be kind of hit with that idea when you come out of the gate. He, he wants to prepare you for those, those kind of battles that you're going to face along the journey. I remember whenever I first became a Christ follower at the age of 32. You know, I had grown up around the church. My parents had carried me to the church. I did the Sunday school class. I played with the flannel graph board, all of those kind of things, you know. I knew the stories about God. But I remember whenever God got hold of my heart at 32 years old, in other words, I, I reached the end of myself and, and, and I surrendered. Everybody say surrender. I surrendered my life to the authority of God. And I began to understand that he was for me and not against me. But when, when I come out of, out of the gate, you know, when I came out of that, that bondage, I, I, I was excited. I, I was on fire. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever, you ever seen? That's, that's what's so great about new Christ followers. Some of you old followers almost said old farts. <laughs> Some of you old followers need to get around the freshness sometimes of a new follower, someone that's radically been touched by God. Can I tell you, they've just become contagious. They become on fire. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, uh, just a bunch of street preachers and those kind of things, but, but they're excited about the small things that God's doing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and, and sometimes they'll energize you or, or, or else they'll deflate you. One of the two. And, and honestly, what I mean by deflate, you're like, you're so silly. You know, that, that's just coincidence. 
God didn't do that. No, no, no. God's into the details. I need you to understand that today. In the details of your life, the Bible says the numbers of your hair on your head, if you still got any. God planned that. But what's interesting is this, is, you know, when we come out of the gate, we're, we're on fire. And, and, and sometimes, you know, it, it's God taking us through the dip instead of just, just taking us to, to instant success or, or instant, instant abundance because we need to trust who he is. And we live in this culture. Y'all know what it looks like. Insta everything. And there is no development. And we wonder why so many people look like they're on fire. And, and you know what? They got God in their heart. And they watch the TV preacher and they watch the next guy on YouTube. And they hold a microphone, but they don't know how to walk in victory. Can, can I tell you why? It's because, you know, we are rescued from slavery, but we miss the development stages of what God wants to do in our life to, to develop trust in, in him. So that we're being the people that he's called us to be whenever we hit the land of abundance. Do you know why the people hit the land of abundance? The purpose clause of why they went there? Not just because God loved them. Did you know that? But because God loved the world. very purpose that's threaded through all of scripture is this. I'm going to make the Hebrew people into a great people. So that it's a purpose clause. So that they can bless the nations of the earth. I find that fascinating. He, he doesn't say, I'm gonna bring you out of slavery and bondage and I'm gonna take you to the promised land because you're awesome and you're incredible and you're phenomenal. No, I'm gonna make you my people and I'm gonna bless you so that you can be a blessing in the land of abundance and make my name great. Come on, somebody. It is a purpose clause that threads all of Scripture. God don't take us to the abundant life because it's an end within itself. God takes us to the abundant life because it's a means to an end. If you so forget that, you'll miss it. So what God has to do is sometimes take us on some dips to develop trust. We call it discipleship in the, in the church world. Discipleship isn't just knowing the word of God. Discipleship is being able to apply the word of God in every circumstance and situation and trust God. And God says, look, if you face this battle right now, you'll never make it. 
So I'm going to take you on a roundabout way to develop something in you. Again, you know, don't just look at somebody else's highlight reel on Instagram and Facebook and think it just instantly occurred yesterday. There was some work involved to live in abundance. It is amazing to me because people don't show the real and the raw of the journey. There's snapshot and instant success and all of this and all of that. And my friend, if you are looking for instant success, instant fame, I don't care if you're Michael Jordan. Have you ever studied his life? No. You know what? He had to work. Everybody say work. Become a good basketball player. He had to practice. He got kicked off his high school basketball team is what I understand. Again, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I understand. It's crazy, man. And, and what I'm trying to say to you today is don't, don't discount the victory because, because you're in a dip. The, the dip, the dip is for development. And my friends, don't try to, to execute God's plan so fast you miss the very essence of who he is in the journey. And again, the dips in life can discourage us. Some of you meet some people somewhere on week one and it's love at first sight. You're like, oh, I need to marry him. I need to marry her. Really? Let them go through some dips. <laughs> and let them make some loops. <laughs> let them have some challenges. I always, I always say this in the church world. Take somebody on a mission trip for two weeks. And you'll discover how soft they really are. And, and, and what I mean is, you know what? You, you have to you have to test some things sometimes in order to see if they're authentic and, and, and they're real. See if they are really golden enough to, to carry the weight of, of what needs to be carried. Do you understand why God wanted the people to walk in abundance? All the provision they would ever need, the Israelite people, the Hebrew people. It was simply to make his name great among the nations of the world. Do you understand the weight of what God was putting on these people? In other words, you're going to be my light in a dark world. You're going to be incredible 
in a, in a, in a world that is going backwards. You know what? You have, you have lived in slavery for 400 years and I got to take you on a dip because you still think that you got some captivation in you and I got to get some Egypt out of you so I can get my word in you and you can make it the distance and you know what? Make it to the land of abundance. See, see, sometimes the dip is just to get the old stuff out so God can put the new stuff in and prepare you. Did you notice? He says, you're not, you're not ready for this. You, you, you can't fight the Philistines, though it's the shortest route. It's not the best route. You know, let me encourage you in that today. Don't you quit in the dip. Because maybe the dip is for development to launch you into your destiny of making God known to the nations of the world. The other thing that we experience in this passage of scripture is, is a loop on the journey. And I want to I wanna show you the loop. This is, this is what the scripture says. There was more than one loop actually. The, the Bible says that God finally takes the Israelites on this amazing journey, he provides, and he does all these miracles for them. But then they get to a place where he says, look, I want you to send out 12 people from among you, and I want them to spy out the land and see what I said is real. In other words, there's some good stuff up in there. And the Bible says the 12 spies came back, Joshua and Caleb. There were two men that were spies, and then there were 10 other folks. They all came back and gave a report to the people. And you know what they said, man, it is an abundant land. It's amazing. It's more than we've ever seen or imagined. It's incredible. There's some, there's some incredible fertile soil there. The fruit is huge. They brought back some samples of it. But you know what they did? They said, it is an abundant land like God said. But there's some... There's some big people in the land and we can't take it. In other words, it is what God says it is. But we as a people can't move into the land because there, there's some giants there. There's some, big, there's some big people there and they're gonna take us out. Matter of fact, they're gonna, they're gonna take our children away from us. They're gonna destroy our families if, if we go there. It's amazing because... Thousands of people had rebuttaled against God's plan for them. And they bring back and they spread this bad report among, among the community, among the church. And they discouraged a lot of people. And, and this is what I want to say today before I get into this passage. Joshua and Caleb, they had to make the same loops everybody else did. But eventually, for 40 years, wander around in a wilderness because of these bad reports, but eventually they made it to the abundant life. And, and, and though many of the people wandered around in a desert because of their disobedience to God, what's fascinating to me, it didn't discourage Joshua and Caleb's obedience to God, and they stayed the course for 38 years. Wow. And, and, and so... They saw the loops differently than everybody else saw the loops. 
They saw the loops as opportunity to drop the disencouraging people, to, to get rid of the disobedient people and move forward with the things of God and who he is and trust him to be a light into the nations. And, and I just wonder sometimes when you're making loops, do you see it as dropping dead weight and baggage that's gonna hold you back when you hit the promised land? And, and look what it says. The people were disobedient. It says Numbers chapter 14, verses 26 through 34. Bible said, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron after they came back with this bad report, how long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them, tell them this. As surely as you live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness. In other words, you spoke it, you live it. You said you can't enter the promised land, then die in the flipping desert. He says, because you have complained against me, every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. I promise to give you. The only exceptions, he says, will be Caleb and Joshua. You said your children would be carried off as plunder. Well, I'll bring them safely into the land and they will enjoy what you have despised. I could preach a whole sermon right there. But as for you, you will drop dead in the wilderness. And your children will be like shepherds wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. In other words, they're going to be following you. And they're going to be wandering around like a shepherd for 40 years because you didn't believe me. And because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for 40 years. A year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sins. And then you will discover what it is like to have me for an enemy. So God says, you, you, you think I'm an enemy because you saw something big in the abundant life, but the abundance was there? And you thought I was an enemy and I sent you out here on this journey to die before you get there? No, no, no. I've been trying to build you up, people, all the way along this journey is what God says. I've been trying to get you to trust me every step of the way. Because when you get there, there's some things that's going to have to be rejected and get out of town and you got to be the kind of folks to enjoy the blessing, spread the blessing, but get rid of everything that's not a blessing. He says, so you're going to have to have some courage. You're going to have to have some strength and you're going to have to follow me and be obedient to me every step of the way. But now you think I have become your enemy because you saw an obstacle. He says, I'm going to show you what an enemy looks like. 
because you've been disobedient. You'll die before you experience the abundant life. Now, that's bad news for those who disbelieve the things of God and the word of God. But the good news is Joshua and Caleb made those same loops everybody else did when they died in the desert. And my friend, I, I, I just want you to know that they made the loops, they made the circles, they, they wandered around with everybody else. Can you imagine what they were thinking? Will this ever happen? When is the other disobedient group going to die? When are they going to get off the bus? When are, they gonna, when are we going to shuck, the, shuck them out of the plan? Because see, they understood, they heard what everybody else heard. That God's going to get rid of the disobedience. God's going to get rid of the discouragement. And you know what? Then he's going to move the people into the promised land. He said, except Joshua and Caleb, I'm going I'm to let every ounce of discouragement and and." You know, all of those who are talking against me and, and are disobedient, I'm going to let them fall off. You know what? So that when you get there, you won't have all of this, this baggage, Joshua, to pull with you. So, so Joshua saw it as. I'm getting rid of some stuff. So I can walk in the fullness of who God says I am. Now, I'm not saying you need to get rid of some people today. But what I am saying is maybe you need to get rid of something in your life to move forward with God. Because my friend, he does have an abundant life that he wants you to walk in. He does have a fullness of life he wants you to walk in. But you have a personal decision of faith to make. Do you trust God? And do, do you walk in obedience to who he says you are every step of the way. Because in order to live in the land of the flowing of the milk and the honey and the provision of God, it takes these two words, write them down. Trust and obey. Most of us want to trust for the provision, but we don't want to walk in a way to experience the provision. You know what Jesus said? If you love me, you'll keep turning around and wanting to go back to Egypt. If you love me, You'll just get tired and quit on the journey. That ain't what he said. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments every step of the way. So I wonder what disobedience and discouragement you need to leave behind today. Because my friend, we as a church are getting ready to move into a new season. We're getting ready to walk 
to, to a different drum beat. And again, there's always going to be things to conquer. Even in the land of abundance. But the way we do this together is trust God and develop the obedience that is necessary to walk in the abundant life and, and let the discouragement and, and, and the disobedience stay behind so that God can do more in us and through us than we can imagine. You want to touch the nations? You want to be a light into the world? You want to make a difference on your street? You want to be bigger than life itself? You want to be a Joshua? You want to be a Caleb? Then set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And trust the God who sent his one and only son to earth to bring you out of bondage. And don't you quit in the journey. You see it all the way through to the abundant life and then walk in it. I want to close. I want to close with this verse today. Since we know what the, the faith in, in people look like. In other words, the writer in Hebrews gave us an illustration of what faith looks like. Now he's talking to the, to the one walking after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Looking, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. And he sat down at the right hand God the Father. <clears throat> Take some things off and put the new things of God in. My friend, Jesus sat down. I want you to get this today. At the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And he endured the cross. so that you could stand up and make a world of difference. He defeated the cross so you could understand the power of God. And even when it looks like there's dips and there's lips, you can hold on to faith in who God says you are and begin to walk in the abundant life. Let me pray for you. God, you're an amazing God. God, though we have dips, we have loops. I pray today for what you told Joshua and Joshua 1. Be strong. Be courageous. 
and be careful to obey everything I have commanded Moses to obey. God, help us be that kind of people to have strength in our faith, to have courage in our journey. And God, carefully dissect every situation and begin to understand, does it come from you? Or does it come from one who is trying to distract us? God, I, I pray for my own disobedience. I, I, I pray for my own discouragement. That God, it would be set behind me so I could walk like Joshua and march forward with the strength that only comes from you, God, the commander-in-chief, the leader of our life. God, I pray for our congregation. We got some big next steps. And God, I, I want us to move with abundance, with courage, and strength. But God, I pray if there's one here today that doesn't have full trust in who you are, God, they would surrender today and know that you're the leader. You're the God of the dips and you're the God of the loops. But you're also the, the God that will provide everything they need when they hit the land of abundance. So my friend, if you have not trusted this God today to forgive you of your sin that holds you maybe in bondage, that's the first step. Just say, God, today I surrender and I believe in the work that Jesus did on the cross. He came for me. Say, God, today, I trust your provision. His name is Jesus. It's not by might or power that I come out of bondage, but God, it's by your mighty hand. Say, God, thank you for Jesus. Say, God, I believe that he defeated death and he rose from the grave three days later. Say, God, I want to walk and live by that same power. My friend, in order to experience the fullness of God's unmerited favor and empowering grace, you need to walk in fullness and obedience. Say, God, because Jesus was obedient all the way to death and he resurrected from the grave, tell God you want to walk in the fullness of obedience today and follow him all the days of your life. My friend, that is the true power of God manifested. It's when you can say yes, when everything else is saying no. I believe God. My friend, trust him today. You're gonna experience dips, you're gonna experience loops. But we can walk with the fullness of joy in knowing who Christ Jesus is. Tell God, thank you for the gift of salvation. And we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged, motivated, and inspired today by the message. 
And again, man, we believe in you. We believe great things for you. It's because of many people's faithful giving that we're able to go out around the world. If you choose to invest in Barefoot Church, just go on over to barefootchurch.com. You can give there. But go out, live your purpose, and be inspired in a great, great way.